you for tuning in to episode 46 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction or compulsive sexual behavior, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com, and there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Hey, and I want you to know that I am listening to your feedback. Um, I realize that many of you are coming here from other podcasts and that I'm sure you have gotten quite used to how your favorite podcast host uh, conducts their kind of their upfront business, for lack of a better word. And I really want you to know, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I know that I have a tendency to kind of tangent or that I'm kind of plugging or pitching, for lack of a better word, a few different things at the beginning of my podcasts. And for a lot of you, there's just kind of a, hey, old man, let's get to the interview um, component because here's my vulnerability. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and admittedly, I kind of use that 15 second forward button. If you're listening on an Apple device, 15 second, 30 second, you actually edit that, I believe in your settings. But I use that button like a champ. And uh, but so please understand that some of your favorite podcasters have a variety of maybe online products or subscriptions or, or um, classes or programs or that sort of thing, you know, you name it, to keep the lights on and to pay for podcast hosting, etc. And and I am working toward having more of those types of courses available. I'm actually very excited about some of the courses that are, are on in the works. Um, but I, I just did a little bit of background. I started my podcast purely as a passion project. I uh, wanted to talk about things that I felt I could help others based on my time in my therapist chair. And for better or worse, there are expenses involved in hosting and producing a podcast and that sort of thing. And I want you to know I'm not cueing the violins or, or, you know, asking for pity because I love, absolutely love hosting the virtual couch. And I'm going to continue to do so. But I think I know, you know, I can also get through these plugs probably a little more quickly. And so I, I had an idea that ultimately I'm just going to ask you to visit TonyOverbay.com. And there you can sign up for more information on upcoming programs, classes, ones about parenting, ones about marriage, about how to live with a narcissist, about uh, a bunch of them. Some some new ones I'm working on, maybe even about um, uh, some of the hot button topics of the day, especially on how to talk to teens, uh, how to assess for um, maybe... Uh, you know, if your teens are going through some struggles, challenges, kind of looking at uh, today's climate and society of how do we find the ones who we maybe need to pay a little more attention to and uh, that uh, and get them help, get them the help that they need. So go to TonyOverbay.com, sign up for more information on the upcoming programs and classes uh, or to submit questions, pod, podcast suggestions. And I will make sure that I have more information on my wonderful partners like Bloom for Women. Uh, and I'll just plug that one super quick, BloomForWomen.com. Go there if you're dealing with any type of betrayal trauma. Use the code Virtual Couch for one month's free access to their online community of support. And I'll have more information and links there to places like Eli's Extracts, the uh, the all natural organic shave cream that uh, that those guys have been with me since the very beginning. And one more thing, a YouTube channel. I actually have uploaded all the videos to a YouTube channel. Um, just go on YouTube and look for Virtual Couch Podcast, and there you can see you can put a face to some of the names and voices like today. Um, Kristen and Ryan Gibson. You can find them up there or video interviews with uh, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, which is just, again, continues to get amazing feedback or Jody Moore, um, better than happy. 
you know, her podcast. Uh, I have videos there of her on mine and me on hers and uh, just a whole lot more. So go check out that YouTube channel. All right. We cover a lot in this interview today, including the background of my guests, Kristen and Ryan Gibson. They are both therapists in private practice here in Roseville, California. So I'm going to leave the the really the detailed info of their background for them to discuss on the podcast. But I will encourage you to stop by their newly launched website, therapyspot.org, to learn more about them, their practice, how they might be able to help you. And in the interview, we briefly discussed their divorces as well as their own dating with kids, that experience, and their challenges with co-parenting, and what their whole blended family experience is like. But I have to tell you, uh, I feel like about halfway through the interview, I mean, we I feel like we really find a groove and find out some areas that they are really passionate about. In particular, um, what they tell clients who are going through the divorce process and the best way to make sure that the children are given the best possible chance to not only succeed, um, but also to thrive. Um, you know, I, I, I've used a lot of the components I even heard just in this interview in my practice over the following few days. So, you know, if you aren't, um, if you aren't divorced, if you're not planning on getting a divorce, if you, uh, if you aren't in a blended family or have to co-parent kids, any of that sort of thing, I still think it's an amazing listen because I know that we are all at times in the advice giving business where people come to us and say, what should I do? And again, that's part of why I wanted to start something like the virtual couch. So I think that this is going to be a pretty important episode as far as when you know for, I do so much couples counseling. And I think I talk about this a little bit in the interview. Um, but when people divorce, they often say, or almost always say, I just want to do what's right for the kids. I want to do what's best for the kids. And, uh, and then unfortunately, um, you know, pride and hurt and ego and those sort of things get in the way a lot when it comes to divorce. So I think Kristen and Ryan do an amazing job of kind of laying out the framework, the groundwork of what, um, that can look like to, to truly put what's best for the kids, um, in front of anything else. So without any further ado, Let's get to my interview with Kristen and Ryan Gibson, remarried therapists who work together. I mean, I feel like that's almost the setup to a joke, right? So uh, two therapists get married. Um, anyway, maybe not the best joke, but here we go. Uh, Kristen and Ryan Gibson working together in private practice. Okay. Oh, I like that. We got that. I want one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so, all right. Um, my guest today, uh, and I, it's on the virtual couch, but we're in chairs, which is fair. Is that okay? Yeah, they're all close okay, together. Okay, they're good. Um, so we've got Kristen and Ryan Gibson, and they are both therapists, which is, and you just happen to share the last name, or, or are you married? Yes. We're married. Okay. We're married. <laughs> I love that. I do. Yeah. And so today, we're going to kind of tackle the topic of divorce. Um, but first, I want some background. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, sweetie. Very nice. Okay. Well done, right? Thank you. Um, yeah. So background in terms of how I got into this. Yeah. Field, yeah, yeah. You bet. Okay. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> you know, really, I would say just kind of life experience is what led me into this field. Okay. Um, yeah, we are going to talk about divorce. Um, Ryan and I, we've both been through divorces. We are married. We have a big blended family now. It's okay. crazy. We have seven kids between us. Wow. So yeah, I, I came into our marriage with four and Ryan came in with three. And okay. so so we're we're managing all of that right now, but yeah, kind of the backstory of that is, and kind of how I got into this field was, um, you know, I, I didn't plan it. I really didn't plan it. I I grew up here in this area, um, went off to college, and 
Uh, Where'd you go to school? I went to, well, I started at BYU Idaho okay. at Ricks. Yeah. Then. yeah. Yeah. And so I met my then husband and um, we got married and then went to um, BYU Hawaii, actually. Oh, wow. Then, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then we finished up, he actually finished up BYU and I was at University of Utah. Okay. But so we kind what of... What did you study back then? So my major was English and that's a whole other story yeah. as to why <laughs> that was my major. I won't go into that. Okay. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we finished college. We kind of mapped out our, our life together. We started having kids after both of us graduated. We had four kids. He kind of... You know, he had this, he has this career that's very exciting. We moved around for a long time. Mm. Um, we did a lot of traveling, which was, you know, great. And in so many ways, I was, you know, I thought this is the greatest life ever because, you know, I, I like to do different things and be adventurous. And we, um, we did all that and, and, you know, we had our family, um, but, and, and that was kind of one piece of our life. We were married for, um, 16 years. Okay. And, um, and, but then there was this other side that, uh, you, you know, our more visible side was just us and this family and we had a lot of fun and, you know, it, everything looked great on the outside, but, um, there was this, you know, other side of things that there was a difficult part about our relationship and, and we, were in difficult dynamics that were very frustrating for the both of us and um, very confusing. We didn't quite know how um, to get through them. And so um, uh, during that time, you know, I was always trying to gather information and, okay. and was it to, to, to repair the marriage or improve the oh, marriage? Yeah, or? Okay. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was always looking for something. We went to couples counseling on, what was that like? on a couple different occasions. It was, it was helpful. I mean, ultimately yeah. <laughs> things didn't end the way sure. we both would have wanted them to yeah. end, I think. But, um, but yeah, it was helpful on some levels, but um, but really kind of the underlying patterns still existed. And, and that was the part that we were never really able to figure out through counseling. Okay. Um, and so then when you, after the divorce, was that something where you went ahead and I, I want to be a therapist at that point, or did, did that take some time? Yeah. So, so after, after the divorce, it was, oh, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm 35. I have four oh. kids and what the heck am I going to do yeah. now? I mean, this kind of life that you plan out was very different. It was totally turned upside down. And so, um, naturally I was interested in the therapy world, yeah. uh, because just trying to figure out my own situation is, it, it was all very intriguing to me. And so, so yes, as I'm trying to figure out what now, what do I do now? The, the, the thought of going into therapy myself came up. I definitely pushed it out so much because just a lot of self-doubt and, you okay. know, what, you know, what could I possibly bring to this therapy world? You yeah. know, my own family um, didn't work out. And so, you know, Where were the barriers to entry? Uh, I mean, was that a struggle because the the schooling and, and the hours as an intern and did you already kind of know about what that path looked like or were you just not even willing to look at that because of these this doubt? 
Um, yeah, I did look at it. I did kind of figure out what it would entail. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I did, I, I did look at the, you know, the big picture of kind of what I wanted at the end. And the fact was, I mean, there were a few things I was keeping in mind that I, I was a mom that's still kind of my, my job that I very much needed to still do and continue to do. And so I needed to go into something that was flexible and something that I felt passionate about and strong about. Um, and so, you know, therapy kind of met both of those, but then again, that self-doubt would really creep in and, and I'd say, no, no, no. And yeah, so much time goes into it and, uh, you know, going to school and accruing all the hours that, um, but, but eventually I settled on that as much as I try to kind of push that out, it, it pushed itself yeah. back in. And so I settled on that and kind of went forth, um, with this route. And I'm so glad I did. I, it's, well, that, I feel yeah. like that's a, that's a podcast of itself because I, mm-hmm. I have, I'm sure all three therapists, right. You have clients who, um, they just feel frozen because they feel like there's so much, it's too long of a journey or they don't know if they, the imposter syndrome kicks in or will I be good at it at the end? Yeah. And so I have a lot of people. And I remember when, when I did the change of career, I, at some point I just had to say, um, two years are going to pass. I'm either going to have my master's or I'm not. And it took yeah. years to get to that. Right. Yeah. So just kind of starting a little bit of movement. Uh, all right, Ryan, your background. Yeah. You well, spent, so you spent some time in prison, right? I did. Okay. I, I did. Um, fortunately, not as, not as a felon. But yeah, so I mean, I guess just to give you the, 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 the quicker, shorter version, and then maybe the longer version another time. Yeah. Um, I knew from like a really early age that I wanted to be in like a helping profession of some kind. It okay. actually started in high school. I'm, I'm a big sports guy. So uh-huh. I... I blew my knee up playing baseball, um, went to months and months and months of physical therapy. And it was in that class that I really sort of, uh, was drawn to, it was the knee class. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and my, my physical therapist name was Al. And I just really sort of appreciated, um, the, the camaraderie that everybody had in the class and the way that he was helping people get better. Okay. Fast forward to college. And now I have to take pre-med courses. Um, this is at, at BYU. Um, I, I, I found out quickly that I wasn't going to be able to stick the, the chemistry, the advanced okay. level chemistries and mathematics yeah. that, that, uh, that pre-med was going to require, but I still wanted to be in some sort of, um, helping profession. And so, and so that led me in the direction of, uh, sociology and okay. social work at BYU. Uh-huh. Um, and after finishing BYU, I went through the Masters of Social Work program at Long Beach State. Oh, and, all right. Uh, Is that by the beach? By the beach. Okay. Right by the beach. In so fact, you've done college in Hawaii. Yeah, right. right, got, right. Uh, Long Beach. I mean, why are you here? I mean, you know, Chris in a loving way, and I, right? Chris and I were just down there <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. a couple months ago. She was at a, a therapy conference down there. I went down to pick her up and was showing her sort of the old stomping ground yeah. and and how, you know, I could walk right across the street from my apartment with my books and study on the beach. Wow. Okay. Was, it was kind of nice. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. that was, um, I came out of that program in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2005, um, I started working for the Department of Corrections. Wow. Here in California. Is that something you, you wanted to do or was the job that you were looking at a lot of different things? You know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily the, the job that I was looking for. 
but I was still in Southern California at the time and I wanted to, I wanted to get out of there. Okay. The, the traffic was unbearable. Yeah. A lot of good things, but, but you know, I just, I missed, I'm from up here in Northern California and I missed the, the open spaces mm-hmm. and, you know, and the green and the trees and stuff. So, so I started looking for, for some different jobs and I saw, um, a, uh, a flyer for, um, an available position that was in a place called Ione. And I didn't, having grown up here, that? That, okay. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know exactly. where Ione was. Yeah. So I, I brought it up on the map and had to zoom out and zoom out until I saw familiar looking places. And I, and then I saw though that, Oh, it's out there near Jackson and Sutter Creek. Oh, okay. So it was, uh, it was with the department of juvenile justice, which formerly it was the CYA before oh, okay. Youth Authority. Yeah. But it's all under corrections. Um, and I, I thought, oh, I can commute there from a place like Folsom, mm. probably in 45 minutes or something. So, so that's what I did for the first six years in corrections is work with the juveniles. And I wow. love working with like the teenage population. I just feel like there's, you know, I, I'm able to just form some good connections there. And, um, you know, and in corrections too, um, you know, you've got some, you've got some some folks and some teenagers that have gotten themselves into some pretty big trouble. Yeah. Um, but they're still, they're still, um, you know, amenable to, to treatment and to change. Um, and it's really fulfilling to see, you know, some of those young people turn their lives around. Okay. And, uh, and so unfortunately, um, because of California budget problems mm-hmm. a few years back, um, they started clo- closing a lot of the juvenile facilities and where I was at, it's called Preston, was one of the ones to close. And so I had to transfer over to the adult side. Okay. Um, so working with adults um, in corrections, uh, a little bit different, but, um, but, but still, you know, you still get some that will come to you and, uh, and be wanting to, you know, to make a, a positive change in their lives, whether yeah. it's because they're getting out soon or because they just want to be a better person, even though they're going to be incarcerated for the better part of their lives. But like I said, some do. I mean, do you feel like that? Are you working with a lot that it's the mandated client? Some, that, some do. And yeah. yeah, and some, some are coming in because they're mandated and they have to, um, you know, and to them, it's, it's more a case of, you know, just sort of breaking down barriers mm-hmm. and seeing where they are and seeing if we can move them from, you know, um, not thinking about making any kind of changes at all to at least thinking about it. Okay. You know, moving through some stages okay. of change or something. I realize I'm about to have the uh, interview with you. I want to know all about like, all right, we got to have you yeah, back. I know. One, right? I'll come back. Yeah. And so I yeah. just, to, to finish that off, I just, an opportunity, you know, came up now to, to work with Kristen out in the community. And, um, and I, 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 I jumped at it. I was really excited about that and, and to be able to, you know, kind of collaborate and work together and, and, uh, and for me personally to see a different kind of client, yeah. you know, out in the community again now, but to have that perspective that, that working in the prison for so long, you know, brings and gives too, yeah. to hopefully pass that on. Is, so, yeah. So you guys, I mean that, so, and I've, I've worked with Kristen before we've, we've referred clients mm-hmm. back and forth, which has been a lot of fun. And I knew that you worked in the prison system, yeah. but I did, I had no idea that you guys now were, you know, you had jumped into private practice together, which is pretty unique. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, and then, and so then, uh, you know, I have an elephant in my room up there, right? Not that I'm about to drop some uh, incredible <laughs> thing here, but so both having been th- divorced, um, 
what is that like? What does that bring to therapy? I mean, because that is something, if I'm being all vulnerable and nice, cheesy therapist words, uh, sometimes I will have clients say, well, you wouldn't understand, you know, if you haven't been divorced. And I understand that. I, I empathize with that. But do you feel like it does give you a different perspective as a therapist? Yeah, I mean, I I do. I think um, I think it helps with the initial um, connection. I don't think, obviously, that there can't be great connections if you don't share that experience because there's a lot of, you know, everyone's experience is different. And yeah. so, yes, I have been through divorce. So has Ryan, you know, we have a lot of experience now blending families. So we have all that, but everyone's experience is so personal to mm. them. Um, but, but yes, I do find that it's comforting for clients. It's comforting to, to clients to come in and, And, um, you know, especially in those initial sessions when they feel so disoriented Mm -hmm. and their life is kind of taking a turn that they, you know, most people don't plan on this and don't necessarily even prepare for it. And so when it happens, it, it feels, uh, I mean, it's so scary. It's so disoriented, disorienting. And so to have someone, you know, really to say, look, I, you know, I get this. I see where, where you're at right now. And, and you won't feel this way forever. And, and, and it feels like this right now. And it feels like you might never be happy again, but, but hold on, you know, hold on. And, and so if anything, it's just holding a little bit of hope for them as they come in feeling pretty hopeless um, at that at that juncture. Okay. I love that because I do feel like I get the question of, you know, can you at least tell me that you've seen people that are in my spot and they get better and that, you know, breaks my heart at times. Right. So you can add that. Hey, it does get better. Yeah, Yeah, it does. And as it relates to, you know, working with people who, who are going through that right now at the time, you know, Chris and I, we were just, we were just talking about it. You know, it it makes me feel a little bit like, like that parent Mm -hmm. that's been through, something that your teenager is going through now okay. and, and speaking of a, of a place of experience and, you know, maybe some wisdom, you know, that, Hey, you know, I know that what your experience here going through right now is very hard, but you know, it will get better. It won't be like this forever. And, uh, and so you do, you kind of feel like you at least have that place to speak from. And I think that that's, that's very real yeah. for, for people to, to, to sense and to feel from you and, and, you know, because it's real and because it's a shared experience, it's, 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 it's comforting, like you said, to them to. So I'm kind of curious that we can go a lot of different directions, right. With the interview, because I want to, and it's a tricky subject because do we, do we kind of talk about what that experience was like for you, the emotions that you had, do we try to, we can kind of normalize what people are going through. And then I have questions about uh, just kind of as a, where I'd love to go is talking about co-parenting, blending families. What's that like? Um, and, and I'm curious, but I, you know, I know that you guys are both so kind people that I'm not trying to say, Hey, can you rat out your exes? You know, <laughs> I mean, so that's not the goal. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I am curious this kind of speaking and maybe you can speak in general terms of, do you feel like in speaking to people that maybe are in a challenging marriage now, um, was it hard to get a spouse to go to couples counseling or, you know, what's that like? Do you, is that a pretty vulnerable time or what was that like for each of you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think in my situation, um, no, it it wasn't hard. I think we both genuinely wanted 
some different things uh-huh. in our relationship. And so going to counseling was an effort to get okay. that. And so, you know, I think a lot of times, and I see a lot of couples come in where one's a little more invested than yes. the other. Yeah. And sometimes it flip-flops where then one kind of backs off and feels, oh, this is, you know, nothing's going to change. This isn't going to work. And one, and one of the partners is holding more of the hope and we can do this. And, you know, yeah. and then, and so it, it's, it's wonderful when both partners come in, both feeling hopeful. Mm. Um, but that doesn't have and to that, be the case, it right? It doesn't have yeah. to be the case. Um, and so, I mean, personally speaking, I think we both, um, most of the time we're willing to, to work on it and, and to give it another shot. I mean, there, obviously it did end. Yeah. But I like <laughs> what you said, was, though, I mean, at least yeah. you knew that was a mechanism to see if things could change. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Because I feel like a lot of the, you know, you guys have such a unique perspective of both being therapists and both being through divorce. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to listen to this podcast that are either they can't get a spouse to go. And so, I, you know, what advice do we give them? Or, you know, at what point do they feel like um, that uh, that divorce is maybe the, the, the best option? Um, I mean, are these kind of difficult topics to still, when you think back about your experience, is that is that hard to, to go back and think about? Yeah. Well, sorry. Do you have a thought or can I say yeah, no, it really quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, now I lost my train of thought. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was just thinking that, um, like Kristen said, like you don't both have to be in that place mm. at the exact same time. But, um, but, you know, it definitely is, um, it definitely is something therapy is something that you should be going into, um, open-minded. Okay. Um, you know, there, there, if, if you're not quite at that place where, you know, you're hopeful or you think that things are, uh, repairable, yeah. uh, with your spouse, um, you can at least go into therapy w- with an open mind, um, and see if that's a place that you can get to. Yeah. Um, you know, what, in my experience, whether it's like personal or seeing others um, go through couples and marriage counseling is, you know, where, you know, where there's, there's issues that are causing the problems in the relationship. um, And those things, and those things just continue to, to go on Mm -hmm. or to happen. um, Uh, and there's not an open mind to the counseling, you know, you're just going, but you're going and you're sort of going through the motions in that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and only one of the partners is invested, um, you know, then, then it's almost like a, a, um, exercise of uh, futility. Yeah. It's a foregone, you know, conclusion sort of. But yeah, but I still feel like sometimes it's part of the process that has to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate, but I, I will sometimes have this theory where, I'll take it. I mean, even if, uh, if I'm getting a guy that's coming in and, and he's in essence, he's checking a box. I mean, at least give me that opportunity to show him that they're, this isn't going to be a horrible situation. I'm not just going to yell at him the whole time, or they're not just going to have this, some referee that's going to tell one of them that they're wrong. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And there's always, I mean, so much of couples work is individual work in yeah. each partner. Right. And so there's always, if you, if your spouse isn't, in that place. And as invested, there's always, you know, things that you can be improving on or finding your part of the dynamic and, Mm -hmm. and shifting that. And, 
And, and so that, that always exists until kind of what Ryan is suggesting where one partner decides, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I have given up and I'm not changing my mind at that point. There's, there's not a lot. You yeah. Can do. Yeah. Right. Um, and then what's that like with the, you know, with the, the kids? I mean, what, what does that feel like when you're, when you're in that spot? I mean, and I think what I want to hit here is uh, there is that a lot of people say, well, I, we can, we'll just stay together for the sake of the kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts. Oh gosh. I mean, honestly, <laughs> and I never know how we talk about this and I never quite know how to say it because um I think both of us feel this way in terms of, you know, we don't, this is not the, the ideal scenario, right? I mean, we're yeah. in a very happy relationship and it's so wonderful in many ways, but sometimes we look at each other and go, gosh, does anyone think this is a good idea? I okay. Mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. And that's just being, yeah. being real because yeah, it's so, it's, hard on the kids. And yeah. so I think it's a, a I mean, a, a last resort, right. Mm-hmm. To break up a family because yeah. there are so many ripple effects that you can't even comprehend or understand or anticipate for yeah. when you're making those decisions in terms of how it will affect the kids in six months, one year, five years, 10 years. I mean, these are just all unknowns that are, um, that are, are scary. Sure. And, yeah. and, and so, so yeah, I, um, I mean, personally, I think doing that work and in, in terms of keeping things intact is obviously worth, worth the know, effort, worth the effort. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But as we see, I mean, the divorce rate is, I don't know what it's at, but it's, yeah. it's high. And so there's a lot of, I mean, this is happening out there and, um, and there, that group of, people needs a lot of support too. Yeah. And I realized that some of the, you know, some of the things that I might say, and again, maybe not having gone through it might sound a little more direct or or blunt, but I I feel like I have a book on my shelf that says the truth about children and divorce. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it kind of, it shows both sides of the coin. And, but it also has, uh, there's some research that's out now that if kids are in a home where the relationship is bad, where the parents are angry and they fight all the time, um, that, you know, but then people say, but we're going to stick it out for the kid's sake. That's modeling, a, a, a not a good, uh, not a good relationship. So, but then if you get out and now here, you guys are saying we are happy, we love each other, you know, and, and we have this, we're, we're at least showing the kids that there's, this is what a relationship can look like, yeah. um, that that's a positive thing. Yeah. 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 I think there's pros and cons. No, that's what I was thinking as you, as you know, as you were, you're talk, you were talking and when, when you said, you know, staying together for the sake of the kids. Like I was, I was thinking those exact same things, you know, you could, um, you know, try your hardest Mm -hmm. to, 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 to make that work through, through counseling, through working together, communication. Um, but, but ultimately if, if the relationship is very dysfunctional or if it's abusive, you know, and that's what the kids are experiencing on a more and more frequent basis, um, then, then, you know, that, that becomes very unhealthy yeah. for, for them, for everybody. And so I think it's at that point where, you know, individuals decide, you know, there's, this is, this is 
sort of last resort, mm. you know, nothing that I wanted this, you know, relationship yeah. to come to, but, you know, for the sake of, for the sake of me, for the sake of the kids, yeah. you know, and, and make that, make that, you know. I like what you're saying though, because it's still going to be hard though, right? It's um, going to be hard. Talk about the co-parenting though, seven kids. I, that, yeah. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a challenge, you know, and, and, uh, but that's the other thing. I mean, so the, the, the blended family and the co-parenting that, that offers, its own unique set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, well, a lot of them are, you know, just logistical challenges sure. and, you know, yeah. and it's like, uh, you know, and the kids, the kids, sometimes it's hard for them to, you know, to, to have to go back and forth um, between households and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, ideally if, if the different households are close enough um, it can minimize the impact that they feel there. Um, but on the, but on the plus side, they're going to close the blinds. Oh yeah. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going though. Yeah. So, but I was going to say on the plus side, um, you know, they are getting that, um, that, that picture of a, of a healthier relationship, you know, between a husband and a wife and, and, um, you know, and, and parents, and there's not those, you know, there's not the, the knockdown drag out yeah. fights between the, the spouses all the time that maybe they were witness to before. Sure. And, um, you know, and so in that sense, it's, it's a lot healthier for them. Um, do you find that, do you think that a lot of people, whether you're seeing this professionally and again, I think at this point we don't have to say, you know, I don't want you to feel like you're saying anything negative about what your situation was like, but, uh, do you feel like a lot of people are hesitant to even date somebody with, I mean, is it hard to go back into the dating world knowing, I have three kids. I have four kids, you know, I mean, go back to that, the imposter syndrome, con- you know, um, complex. I mean, do you worry that no one's going to want to date me because of that? Or do you remember feeling any of that? I did. <laughs> did you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought a few things. I thought I don't ever want to date again Okay. just because I, I knew that would be difficult. Mm-hmm. I knew getting remarried would be a challenge with four kids. And yeah, I thought, you know, I'm 35 with four kids. Like yeah. who's going to take that on. Right. Yeah. And so it wasn't something I really thought would happen for me again. I, um, you know, part of it too was I was so busy. I, I went back to school. Yeah. I was raising kids. Um, I wasn't even thinking in that realm. Um, you know, Ryan and I, we met, at church, we met, we attended the same congregation at church. And, and so we knew each other for gosh, a year and a half before we ever spoke. We never spoke to each other. Okay. Because we, (laughs) (laughs) when it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I want to hear about this. No. And, and I think that was part of it. Well, I don't know. Maybe we're just not very friendly for one, <laughs> but I think there was a lot going on in terms of we knew we were the only single people. Oh yeah, was everybody saying, "Hey, you guys know each other, right?" I mean, none of you that know, was happening. None of that happened. It was there. I, I know. But I just, I never. It it just didn't really cross my mind. I know that sounds very weird. Yeah. But, but I. You, but you says you were settling into school. I've got four kids and yeah, a mom. I'm, I you know. was still processing through my own stuff yeah. and kind of healing from that, and so. Um, I just wasn't that I I was not thinking in that, those terms, it wasn't until my daughter actually, who, you know, when I got divorced, she was about 
12. Okay. And she was, you know, mom, don't ever get remarried, please. And I said, don't worry, you know, I won't. And, but she knew, she knew Ryan, my two older kids knew Ryan because he worked with the youth. Um, Okay. And, and so my daughter, you know, after knowing him for a year and a half or so, and again, we had never spoken. Mm-hmm. She's like, mom, you should marry Ryan Gibson. He's so cool. <laughs> and so that was my first thought. Like, exactly. oh, maybe, you know, if, if my children are saying that, maybe yeah. we should have a conversation. So anyway, what do you have to say? Before that, though, I'm dying to know, Kristen. <laughs> so when you, so you knew of him, you knew he was single, you knew there were three of us. Was there any part of you that was like, oh, don't even come near me? You know, you single guy, was there any part of that? <laughs> well, um, Are you ready for this one, right? Do you, you know the answer? Oh, yeah, no, I'm ready for no, it. Okay. I, I, I think we had the same thing where I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want him to think that I yeah. was like trying to come on to him. <laughs> and I think you felt the same way. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. That was definitely, <laughs> that's why I put my hand up. Like, that's my story. Like, like you know, being it. there, being there with, you know, in church <laughs> and um, where, you know, pretty much the only single people, you know, so your circumstances are a little bit different. Sure. We probably weren't the only ones, but you know, there weren't that many. Yeah. yeah um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I still considered myself sort of like a younger person had my three boys and, you know, and we were just staying very busy, you know, doing, you know, carrying on with normal life as best we could. Um, but I honestly felt like, Oh, if I go and talk to any girl that's single, then there's all, there's going to be all these eyes that oh. are going to be like, Oh, look, he's, he's, he's hitting on, you know, <laughs> how cute, right? Or at least this guy or, or yeah. I guess he'd be taking anyway. Like what a creep, you know, or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's, he's making his move, right. you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty shy and reserved yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I, I didn't, I wouldn't, um, that's what kind of kept me from doing that year and a half. I and know. Yeah. It's crazy to think about okay. Now. Were you, uh, were you, but now I feel like I'm jumping in a couple of sessions. No. So tell <laughs> yeah. me about, uh, were you aware though? I mean, were you, were you oh, like more aware of Kristen than anyone else in the congregation? Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because I teed that be, one up for you. Yeah. 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 Right. Because, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't know any details of her circumstances. Yes. Um, but, but I, I had heard that, you know, maybe there's some similarities, Yeah. you know, and, you know, we're sort of in the same age category, you know? And so, okay. um, you know, that's really, okay. That was the extent of it. Yeah. Um, when did, when did, well, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm slightly offended. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, I, I know I was, I, the I, I said, I teed it up. I wanted to say, I pined for her for exactly. years. Right? I know. Like, I mean, I just. Every week I couldn't wait to get to yes. church to take a peek. Or, <laughs> so, no, so, none of that. <laughs> so if I can, if, so if I can. Backtrack a little bit. If, yeah. If I can salvage any sure. of it, yeah. you know, I will, I will say I had, I did have that moment, you know, like after we started talking where it's like, Oh, you know, how, how did I miss yeah, that for okay. so long? Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, no, and Kristen, we, you asked me earlier if I ever edit stuff out. You know, I could edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. all it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. no, we were, you know, we were both going through our own stuff yeah. during that time that we were not speaking. We were, yes. And so well, I'm, I'm, la- I'm joking that I'm offended because sure. I'm not. I, yeah. You know, we were both just engrossed in our own lives, you yeah. know? Well, I think speaking to, so, you know, we talk about the, the divorce and that's, that's a struggle. But I think a lot of people listening to this as well are going to be people that have been through divorce and do feel stuck or do feel like they can't, you know, no one's going to want to take on these kids or oh, no yeah. one's going to. So what advice do you give there? Well, and and I remember I was going to mention like our very first, it wasn't even really a date, but it uh-huh. was our first kind of, you know, sit down, chat, go get hot chocolate somewhere. Right. <laughs> and it was, I don't know exactly how it was for Kristen. We've talked about this, but I don't know if she's expressed um, exactly what she was thinking or feeling during this first conversation. But I remember for me, you know, it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like, so, you know, what's, what's your situation? And so I have three kids. What do you, how about you? You know, and, you guys know and it's that like, the other, like, oh, I have yeah, four we kids. Knew, okay, but okay. we're having to have those first conversations, sure. you know, it, it was almost <laughs> as if it was almost as if without using these exact words, we were kind of like, so, you know, is there even the possibility of of a second, of a second meeting or a date here? You know, is that worth anybody's while, you know? So it's almost the elephant in there was, there there a lot of sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So was there any hesitation there or? (laughs) Uh, Can I? Okay. So go ahead. I remember I'll, this is, uh, and then I'll turn it over to you. This, I just, I remember, I remember my one comment when we started talking about seven kids. Oh, that's a lot. You know, some people have more. I probably said that, but, um, but you know, I do remember I, and I said it then, and I feel just as strongly about it now, um, you know, that I considered myself a really good parent. Okay. Um, a good dad. I like that a lot. And, uh, and, and I feel like, I feel like kids, my kids, Kristen's kids deserve to be in a home mm. where they're taken care of, their basic needs are met and there's love in that home. Okay. You know, and I don't care about what the number is. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll sleep in a closet if we have to. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I remember saying that or something to that effect at the time. And I, you know, and I still feel that way. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier where, you know, um, you want to, you want to provide that good environment yeah. and that good example and, and role model of, of spouses yeah. who I like what you say that the, the number didn't matter, but if she was saying, I have, I have six kids. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Right. It's yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> the number's well, creeping in there. <laughs> well, and I think too, for me, I never, I could never imagine what that would look like. And mm-hmm. so I never imagined really getting remarried or, um, having, you know, seven kids together, but when we started getting our kids together, mm-hmm. I mean, once we started talking, then it was like, oh, awesome. There's this person to hang out with on the weekends, wow. you know, because we're both trying to entertain our kids all weekend as <laughs> yeah. single parents. So yeah. we would get them together and we would play indoor soccer or just go to the park. And the kids loved getting together. I wow. mean, they asked for it. When are we getting together with the gypsies? <laughs> you know, all week long. When are we hanging out? And so... Once we started being together, I realized, oh, this is actually totally a possibility, something that I could not have pictured or imagined before. But once 
I saw how everyone interacted and saw how Ryan interacted with his kids, my kids. I thought, oh, this is a no brainer. I mean, yeah. Do you remember, were there times though, where there was still the, the doubt creep in or did it ever feel overwhelming? Um, <laughs> I think during that time, um, I mean, yes, it is. It's like, whoa, how are we going to manage yeah. that? Um, but again, um, we weren't living together. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until after we got married and all moved in together that then you go, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Gotcha. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before that, no, I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're, um, pretty lucky in that sense. And this is, you know, a huge struggle that I see with blended families where the kids don't get along. Yeah. And that's a, that's a totally different story. And that, and not to say that our kids don't fight to like brothers and sisters, but for the most part, they get along really well. Okay. And so that makes our job a lot easier and, and more manageable really. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever feel like it was going to, I don't know. Did you worry about it? I didn't worry about it. No, okay. I, I felt like the kids did. They, they, they got along like regular siblings do. Okay. And, um, you know, I think if anything, it's a little more daunting now that we're facing the prospect of having like several of them all become teenagers at the same time, <laughs> Okay, you know, but that really has nothing yeah. to do with, yeah. you know, like our, our families blending or whatever a few years ago. Um, it's just teenagers can be difficult sometimes, but, um, but I do think it's important also, um, for, for folks that are in, you know, similar situations to really, to really have a, a, a keen eye and awareness on how their kids are doing. Mm. And if there are other kids on the other side to see how they interact with each other, to see how they, um, um, to see how they interact with, you know, with the, with the step parent that's yeah. going to be coming in. Sure. Um, and to, and to check in as a parent, to check in often with the kids. Okay. Um, you know, I, I know, I know for my own kids, um, you know, there's a lot of times when they just want to say something to please. They mm -hmm. want to, they don't want to, they don't want to say something that might sound upsetting to their parent, you know? And so it's important to, you know, not just be, um, on the surface with those conversations, but really check in with them and see how they're doing and see how they're feeling about, you know, um, you know, what you're doing. Well, what was that like when, when you guys were getting closer to marriage and did you have those conversations with the kids, you know, your own individual kids and were, was there even, was there fear that the, the kids would say no, you know, or did that just go smooth? My experience was, my experience yeah. was smooth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen? It, you know, it was smooth. Okay. And, and I think it's too, because the kids knew each other before we had ever talked because uh -huh. again, right. we were, um, they were in the same Sunday school classes and stuff uh -huh. at church. And so, so they knew each other already. And so, yeah, the conversations that I would have with my kids. So how, you know, how are you liking this? You know, how do you like hanging out with them? What do you think, you know, would you be okay if with the possibility of us getting married? They were very excited. Okay. You know, I think they don't, they didn't really understand either all that entails. Yeah. You know, what everyone, would follow after the dynamics? Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing where there's kind of this honeymoon phase yeah. for everyone, including the kids, because it's like, oh, now we have all these new fun people to hang around <laughs> yeah. and then you live with them. And then <laughs> you know, if, I, if you, if I, if now if I say, okay, uh, put your therapist hat on, yeah. you have a client that's in there, 
and they, their kids, maybe the, the kids don't get along or a kid says, no, I don't want you to marry that person. What do you, you know, is that, is that harder or, or easier for you as somebody who's gone through that and that transition was smooth and, you know, how do you work with that or have you run into that? Yeah. Um, you know, yes, I think, and again, this is where it goes back to everyone's situation is so individual. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to yeah. really, um, kind of generalize. And so, yes, I have, I've worked with a lot of clients and they have very different scenarios where maybe, um, you know, one partner had children and the other parent doesn't. And mm. so then that's a whole dynamic that's interesting and, and more difficult, or yes, the kids don't get along. And so, you know, really, I think it's the, um, the biological parent of, of those children to, to, to like what Ryan is saying is to, to check in yeah. and, and to have those conversations and, um, and, and really help your kids through that every step of the way, because there are parents who, you know, will decide, you know, this, my, my child might not be super thrilled, yeah. but, but we're going to do this anyway. Absolutely. And that's where I was going. That's okay. Yeah, and that's okay. And we're going to work through this as we go. Yeah. And that might mean that we, um, get our child therapy mm-hmm. of their own to yeah. work through some of those issues because, you know, this is really hard for kids, but Ryan and I talk about this all the time. Ed. They're also learning these great life lessons. Yeah. I tell, you know, we both tell our kids all the time, you guys are going to be the most amazing roommates because, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, look what you're doing. You've, you're, you've moved in with people that, you know, maybe you didn't necessarily pick or one person's messier than the other one, you know, one person might do annoying behaviors mm-hmm. and, and yet we're working through these things as they come up and we're figuring out how to deal with it. And so I, I think they're going to be more prepared for, for life because that is part of sure. life as well, where you're put in situations that might not be your first choice or yeah. second choice or third choice, but there's, a lot of power and control you have in the way you um, manage manage those situations that are in front of you. And we try every day to kind of present it that way to our kids that I like that that these are hard things. And we and absolutely in therapy, it's the the same way. Okay, let's figure out what we're dealing with. And, and what's the best way to attack this? So I like that. So I, cause I feel like I'm going to get one of my soapbox topics, but um, normalize just because your kid says, I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents then will, if the parent really does that, this is a re- new relationship and it, and it looks good and it's something that they want and they know it will make them happy. But if the kid is angry, which is normal, that mm-hmm. can be normal yeah. where I, I hear often where they, you know, I get that parent tell me, so I told them and you know, they look, this isn't about you. And, and they're like, ah, it's not the right <laughs> approach. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So that's where we want the empathy. Oh, I mean, yeah. We want to know that that's, a, that's normal to feel that way. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important that, um, parents are able to empathize with the situation that their kids are in. And that's really hard, right? Because as adults, you know, our brains are fully developed and we can think and process through things a lot different than maybe an eight-year-old or now we've got four teenagers and, you know, they're just a whole breed of their own, right? And so, but empathizing that, gosh, I know this is tough and sure. this is not maybe what you wanted. And, 
you know, coaching and helping parents have those conversations like with that. their kids. Yeah, I like that a lot because, um, you know, I, I still remember this concept where we want our kids to understand sometimes these complex emotional situations. Oh, yeah. uh, I still I, I still go back to this. At one point, I remember this was long before my, uh, maybe not, but early in my therapy career. And I think I'm getting things figured out. And I think I'm, I'm getting a little bit angry with one of my kids. It wasn't, this was, you know, I, don't, I wasn't figuring it out. This was a bad time, right? And so I remember getting really frustrated and then they went outside to swing and they couldn't figure out the pump, the legs, the swing. Oh, yeah. And I remember it hits me of, I'm wanting this kid who doesn't know how to, you know, doesn't have the coordination to pump their legs and make a swing go, but I want them to understand this emotional reaction <laughs> and how that affects oh, yeah. the rest of the family. And, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys have, I think one of the things I run into a lot is this, when people are, let's say that they are at that place where, okay, we, they're going to get a divorce. And then I go into what's that going to look like mode. And especially with regard to co-parenting and I, you know, and usually they'll say, you bet we're going to do what's right for the kids. We're going to put all of our own stuff aside. And then when divorce happens, then that doesn't always play yeah. out. Yeah. Advice, yeah. thoughts on co-parenting, how to make that better, smoother. Yeah. That's a tricky one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a tricky one. Those are my hardest clients. Honestly, I work with a lot of couples, which are, you know, couples can be very difficult, yeah. right? And then co-parenting, co-parenting couples. That's a whole different ballgame <laughs> too, right? Ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a lot of helping them shift perspective, right. Okay. And, and shifting a way of thinking about how they're going to go about this because yes, there's so much emotion involved yeah. at yes. the beginning, so much. And, and trying to really cut that out as much as possible, that whole emotional piece and helping them see that this is a completely different relationship that you're going to have with this person, that you're used to being emotionally involved, emotionally connected. And the goal when you're married is to help each other see things from each other's perspective yes. yeah. and, and validate where they're coming from and those things where that that's not what we're doing in like co-parenting okay. it's it's transitioning into more like a business type relationship and i have this conversation a lot with my co-parents okay. that now you guys are in business together I like and, that. and you're your yeah. business partners and business partners aren't talking about their past hurts and who did what to who wow. and and why you guys are in this situation all the time it's just it's energy that isn't it's not productive. It's yes. not going anywhere. And so and the kids are picking up on it. And the kids right? are picking yeah. up on mm -hmm. it. And so in this new business relationship, you're in the business of raising healthy children. And when you can get them to see that ultimately both of them generally have the same goal, and that is to raise happy, healthy children that have the least amount of emotional damage from mm -hmm. this divorce situation as possible so that they can go out and be productive adults and have healthy relationships at, you know, of their own. And, you know, you can generally get them to agree on. I like that when that. you shift that whole paradigm, right? Yeah. So then, or do you have some, and I'm putting you on the spot, I know, but the, in that business relationship context, then, cause I'm, I'm already thinking of, okay, then that's, we're not going to talk bad about mom or dad. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, because all of those yeah. things that now do you lay out those kind of rules of engagement? Yeah. Okay. What comes it, to mind? It's rules. Yes. Yeah. It's, you don't ever talk bad about mom and dad. And there's a lot of kind of psychoeducation, right? Mm -hmm. 
because people don't go to class on how to get married, let alone get divorced. And so a lot of people really just don't know that what they are doing is truly affecting their children in negative ways and, and really affecting their own relationship with their children in negative ways. And so it's sharing this information with him or with them that when you talk badly about your children it directly affects them. Yes. They, they literally see themselves as half mom, half dad. And mm-hmm. so when you are putting down dad in front of them, that, that hits their self-esteem big yeah, time. I love it. Okay. And so I don't love that, but they no, preach it, right? This but, is, this is but good. It yeah. helps them understand that, that piece of, Oh, I'm hurting my child when I'm saying this about dad, that this is, this is not about what I feel about dad in the moment, but do I want to protect my child and, and build their self-esteem or tear it down? And so when, when they start thinking in those terms and, and you know, gosh, we have to go through it too, where mm-hmm. you, you know, you have all that emotion and, you know, it's a process of getting that aside and just recognizing that the, you know, our common goal here is to have healthy kids because we don't want to be paying for therapy for them for the sure. rest of yeah. their lives. You know, right? and, then, and, then, and then they don't have to move back in. <laughs> yeah. right? right. That is a long term exactly. investment. Okay. Right. So, Talk about business transactions. Uh, so it helps when you can um, shift that perspective. Sorry, I've been just. No, you're, you're, I, I can listen to that part too. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I almost want to say, okay, this is part where we are saying to those listening, that there, there is no um, productive yeah. way. There's nothing productive about saying negative things about your, you know, your ex in front of your kid. Zero, yeah. right? Zero. And even the passive aggressive stuff, or well, you should have seen what she said to me. Nothing. Yeah. No, no place, right? Yeah, oh, there isn't. Okay. It doesn't there's do any good for anybody, of, right? Yeah, and, 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 and do we go as far as to say, and it's okay to even say something nice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Like Kristen said, like you're the, the the relationship is a business relationship now, and and that is a that's a business partner in that other yeah. household, and there's a common goal to yeah. raise, you know, good, well-rounded, productive, you know, yeah. well-behaved kids that's into our product, into, right? into young yeah, young men product. and young women, right? Yeah, yeah. and our product that could pay for our retirement home exactly. someday. Right? <laughs> that's right. right? And it's yeah. not it's not going to happen unless there's good business practices yeah. and there's good communication yeah. on both yeah. sides. If you're if 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 you know if there's if one of you or both of you are continuing with the with the negativity and the in the negative attitude and the negative speak um, or undermining the other parent, mm. um, it, it just it just you know it just is destructive to the whole process. And and like you know like Kristen said um, a while back when we were talking about you know, divorce and, and the unfortunate reality that that is and how sometimes, oftentimes there can be consequences that happen so far sure. down the road. Yeah. It, it, it can be very easy for, for people to fall into that blame, yeah. that blame trap, yeah. you know, where, Oh, I bet that my kids dropping out of school because of divorce, right. You know, because of my divorce that happened uh, five or yeah. 10 years ago, yeah. you know, and, and, and you really have to guard against that. Yeah. And, um, so I, so you're saying that, yeah, if we go into it, the, okay, divorce happens, it, it, you're yeah. kind of there and it's, now at that point, then if we're raising the best kids we can, we're not going to be looking back on no, this regret. It, or, yeah. You Cause know. if you, if you allow yourself to, to go to blame and yeah. you could move to anger, mm-hmm. um, you know, then you find that you're right back in that, 
in that place where, um, you know, you've got, you know, you've got feelings and thoughts and then some words that maybe aren't going to be awesome, yeah. you know, about, about their other parent. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not good for business. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I like that. So I, I, I want to just kind of throw out there too. I'm, and I'm sure there's some people listening that say, man, that would be great. And there's others that say, okay, I'm doing that, but my ex is not. And, and I, I have a kind of a speech at this point for that one, where I feel like we probably all worked with teenage clients that then they are aware and they were aware that their mom or their dad, whoever was the one that was the rock. I mean, I hear that phrase often where, you know, there's one parent who continually berates the, their, their, their mom or their dad and, and for thinks that that's going to be a productive conversation. But the other one is, you know, I'm here for you, you know, and they don't engage in that. And so mm-hmm. I don't feel like if there's anybody in a, in a co-parenting situation now that they're, you know, they feel like they're the only ones that are doing it right um, there's no reason to stop that, right? Right. No reason to kind of duck down or stoop down to the the other level. Right. And and really selfishly, you want to be that parent. Absolutely. Be, you want to be the rock. You mm-hmm. want to be the rock because kids do grow up and when they they do have a different perspective. Yes. And if they feel if they grow up and, and decide, gosh, you know, my mom did kind of manipulate my right. feelings this way, or yeah. my dad did kind of manipulate it. You know, it, that does another not, number there, yeah, right? Yeah, it does a yeah. number on that relationship. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, just in my own personal life, I think about that all the time. Like, what kind of relationship do I want to have with my children? And mm. it's in my own best interest yeah. to support their relationship with their dad, to encourage it, to say nice things. I yeah. mean, we... I was married to this person at one time. You were married to um, your ex-wife at one time. At one time, you thought these people were wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. And and you can still find those qualities now if you look for them and and say those things to your kids. Like, oh, that's so fun that you got to do that with dad. Exactly. He sure is fun. You bet there's he? nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> there's right. nothing Not wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, I and, love it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we've got an hour. Okay. So fair. <laughs> fair no, talking. this is the best. I, so I was, all right. So I'd love to have you guys on again. Yeah. I, so, um, because some of your specialties too, I want to hear about what that was like working in with the, in the juvenile. Oh yeah. Detention. I got to tell you all about my time in prison. <laughs> so I love that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do have to know, did you learn like takedowns and stuff like that? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so like when you guys are now doing the private practice thing, if you hear some emotion, I mean, does it kind of get you ready? I can, I can, yeah. Jump up at a moment's notice and okay. get ready for this <laughs> dance. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I, I want to have you back on to talk about, you know, you, you kind of, and, and so you work a lot with infidelity in particular yeah. mm-hmm. and just give the sneak preview for next time coming attractions. How did you get into that? I mean, is that, is that, how did you kind of start to specialize in working with couples and infidelity? Um, honestly, I mean, again, it, it, it's something that I've, um, just kind of been interested in. Um, and then I worked under someone during my internship, um, a a therapist in the area who works a ton with infidelity. So I had so much great, um, learning from her. I don't even know if that was a proper sentence. So I think it sounded good to me. No, and actually, I mean, <laughs> I'm an sense. English major. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> into the microphone. But, but I'm glad that I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to have you say that because you guys are you know you your private practice. You're for the podcast listeners that are here local. Um, you're in Roseville, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. because that is a that's a specialty working with with infidelity. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I she I got 
tons of clients referred to me from her and, uh-huh. um, and then she, she supervised that. So she walked me through all of those for, uh-huh. for multiple years and it was so helpful. And I mean, she just has a wealth of knowledge and I just, I, I'm, I feel grateful that I was able to have that experience because yes, there is, um, there is ways to work through that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm going to sound, uh, maybe a little bit, um, prideful. I don't want to, but I mean, you know, I was, uh, before I really dove into a, a modality for couples therapy, mm-hmm. EFT, emotional yeah. focus therapy, oh, right. I, I know. Right. <laughs> and so, um, but before I did that, I did feel like if somebody was coming to me, for couples therapy, I look back on that now and, and I don't know if that was, I was the right person for that. You know, if I didn't, I mean, I could empathize and reflective listen and those sort of things, but, and I only put that out there because I feel like if somebody is really struggling with that particular issue, that it's nice to go to somebody who knows what they are yeah, doing. Absolutely. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then Ryan, your specialties, did you guys, uh, you know what, like I said, uh, well, I don't know if I mentioned it here in this hour, but, um, I, I love working with, with a teenage population. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, working with the teens, um, in the juvenile justice system. And then prior to that, I worked with teens that were in a, like a juvenile, well, they were in a continuation high school setting. Okay. Um, and that was down in Southern California. And then, um, I also worked with teenagers again in like a, a, a residential group home setting. Okay. And so really I feel like that's, you know, I'll, I'll work with, with adults, with couples, with teenagers, but I just, I, I really feel strongly about just the, the, you know, the therapeutic relationship that you can form and, and how you can help to get people to do sometimes the hard things that are necessary yeah. to improve themselves or to improve their relationships. And, is better the better that relationship is the you know the further they're able to go yeah but, you, but uh, so you're so you're not afraid of a troubled teen though i'm not afraid of a troubled teen okay no That's, i don't not at all yeah so uh, yeah i really enjoy working with that podcast. okay how do people find you guys where, where, where so you we have a website therapyspot.org therapyspot.org yeah. okay yeah. i'll have that in the show notes yeah. all right and okay. so you can get information there and and one other sneak preview that Kristen didn't have time to mention today. Yes. Maybe she can talk more about it next time. Is she one of the things she really loves to do in practice with clients that are willing to do it? I think I know where is, you're going. Is get them out walking. Yeah, I saw that on the yeah. on your website, and I, and I thought that was brilliant. That Walk yeah. and talk. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't do that with couples. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. You guys, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, we will have you on as individually. Yeah. yeah. So um, people can find you therapyspot.org. Org. Okay. Uh, Kristen Ryan, thank you for being yeah. on the virtual couch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind. It's Wasting rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most